Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. It's Steve live from the MOI headquarters. And man, am I excited for today's show. I hope you stay tuned for the entirety of this interview. It's going to be a great podcast. Episode 29 is brought to you by Buck's Lawn Care Service. Call Buck for all your mowing, mulching, trimming, edging, and more. You can find Buck's Lawn Care Service on Facebook. Man, let's get into it. I would love to introduce our special guest today, Jared Lopes. Jared is the founder of Dad Tired, a nonprofit ministry equipping men to lead their family well. He is a pastor, speaker, and author, and host of the Dad Tired podcast. He resides in Portland, Oregon with his wife, Layla, and three kids. Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Super glad to be here. Yeah, man. It's an honor to have you. We would just love, man, just love to tell the listeners and viewers just more about Jared Lopes. Uh, Yeah. Well, uh, I'm saved by Jesus, which is my, I'm learning my most important identity. Um, So I try to start with that just as a way to remind myself that nothing else I do really matters other than I've been saved by Jesus. So that's the best news and coolest thing about me. Uh, Other than that, um, I'm married to my wife, Layla. Like you said, we've got three kids. We just have a, we have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and then a brand new baby girl. Um, so we're back to all that fun stuff, diapers <laughs> and late nights and no sleeping and all that. So you were then, you were officially dad tired again. Again, man. Yeah, the, <laughs> the bags under my eyes are just getting darker and deeper oh, and more consistent. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to be a good husband and father that loves the Lord and tries to point my family towards Jesus. And then um, I write some books and host a podcast and try to do my best to be used by God to Help other guys fall in love with Jesus and help their families do the same. Awesome, man. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for joining us today, man. It's an honor. Yeah. Well, we're gonna hit, glad to be here. We're going to hit you with take five. This is kind of our little icebreaker. Just five fun questions to get the podcast rolling. You ready for it? Cool. Let's do it. All right, man. Question number, question number one for take five is what is one of your favorite childhood moments? Oh, man. Um... I think my my dad bailed when I was young, so my mom kind of played mom and dad, but my mom was super into sports, and so she actually grew up taking me to a lot of sport sporting events. Like, I grew up in the Bay Area, near the Bay Area of California, so um, went to like a bunch of Giants games and Raider games, so even though I'm a Christian, I'm a Raider fan, which I know is like an oxymoron <laughs> for most people, but uh, yeah, so that's probably when you first said that, just highlight going to a bunch of sporting events with my mom and awesome cheering on teams that lost all the time well you should be pretty excited about ab as a raider then huh that's right man yeah apparently he loves jesus and our quarterback loves jesus uh so hey that's a good start man that's how the eagles want that's how the eagles want a super bowl you know that all these (laughs) christian men on the team that's what i'm hoping (laughs) for yeah awesome question two is that so you guys so the dad tired podcast i think you started in 2016 is that correct yeah. So yeah. over, uh, from my calculation, over 140 episodes. Who stands out as one of your favorite guests? Oh man, good question. Um, man, we've had such great guests. Um, Bob Goff was fun. Uh, he's, uh, if you're familiar, with Bob Goff. He's mm-hmm. so lively. He tells stories yeah. that are just like, is this guy telling the truth, or is he just totally making this stuff up? Because it's so incredible <laughs> the stuff that he talks about. Um, I had a guy, a guy that played in the NFL named Cedric. Um, he had just got out of the NFL when he came on the show, and he um, 
he uh, has become a really good friend of mine since then. So that was really fun. Uh, had a guy named Pastor Saeed, which was in prison in Iran for like three years yeah. for preaching the gospel. That was a really fun one. Wow. Uh, I haven't heard that one. Yeah. One of my uh, one of my personal favorites was just recently Jonathan. Is it Jonathan Pitts Jr.? Yeah, Man, yeah, that, that was phenomenal. Yeah, he's got super, quite a story. Yeah, dude, super heartbreaking story, yeah. but guy's a man of God. He yeah. is. Yeah, I've started following his journey, man. So it's just remarkable to see how he's being used by God, even in the midst of tragedy. Yeah, dude, all of our he's living out like all of our worst nightmares. Yeah, in many ways. Big time. Yeah. All yeah. right. Question number three: What is the best part about being a dad? Uh, I love to teach. So, I mean, you just get like, for me, three built in students who like love to learn. So for right now they're young, they're super curious. I'm super excited about teaching them everything from like, Hey, you got to try this new food uh, all the way up to, let me teach you about the good news of Jesus and how his kingdom looks way better than the kingdom that this world's offering. Yes. Um, so it's super fun, man. I just love to teach the curious kids. That's awesome. I love it. Question number four, what album or song have you had on repeat lately? Uh, my son is super into rap. <laughs> so uh, uh, try not to listen to like a lot of bad rap, mm-hmm. um, but um, which there's a lot out there. But so we've been listening to NF, the rapper, nice. Christian rapper yeah, NF him. on repeat, man, uh, in the car, on Alexa, everywhere. Just NF nonstop. Well, it's a lot different than, you know, back when I was a kid, as far as like trying to find some quality Christian, Christian rap artists, there's a lot more oh, out yeah. there today, like your Andy Minios and KBs and NFs. And yeah. Yeah. Back in the day it was what, just like DC talk probably. That's about it. That's it. And I'm going on it. I can't hate on DC talk, man. Cause I'm, go, I'm speaking on their cruise in a couple of months. I did see that. So yeah, no, I love they're, they're, Toby Max, he's become a kind of a distant friend and, uh, yeah, he's doing some cool stuff. He's really – it's crazy that he's been in the industry for as long as oh, he's it's, been in it's the industry. Oh, it's unreal. He just – I didn't get to go to the show, but he was just out here in our area in Hershey, PA, um, on his tour. I heard it was a phenomenal show. But he's, yeah, yeah, he's still killing it, man. That's, that's insane. Yeah. All right, last question here for Take 5 is what would you say is your greatest career achievement to date? Oh, man. So it's kind of a weird question for me, man, because I'm in ministry. So like achievement for me is just like when people fall in love with Jesus, which I can't really take any credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, I just point I try to point faces towards Christ and I let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So um, any any achievement, I really am not just saying this like as false humility. It's just it would be silly and uh, it wouldn't make any sense theologically for me to kind of claim anything. But uh, for what I mean, the dad's hired like ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had zero strategy. I, I think we'll talk more about this in a little bit. Yep. But I had no strategy for starting it, and um, there have been well over a million guys who have been reached by the ministry. So that's crazy to think about. That's um, awesome. But but that's all the glory of God, man. I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not smart enough to figure that stuff out. <laughs> yeah. It's all God. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that was good, man. You survived. Take five. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, I'd love to, before we kind of talk about Dad Tired and, and what you're doing with that, I'd love to kind of hear your personal journey, Jared, and just kind of uh, how you came to know the Lord and, and what God's done in your life and what He continues to do. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think God has been pursuing my heart since I was a kid. Uh, even at seven years old, uh, I felt drawn towards Jesus. Really specifically, I have like really clear memories of God kind of drawing my heart then. 
And um, sometimes I think that's because if uh, in his sovereignty and in his knowledge, uh, like uh, had I not heard about Christ until I was an adult, I'm a pretty skeptical guy and I don't like to go with the crowd. And um, so I, I don't know if I would have bought into the whole Christianity thing mm-hmm. um, as an adult, but I also believe in God's like saving grace and it's way more powerful than my um, rebelliousness. So I don't know. I don't, I don't have all that figured out, but I do know that God was pursuing me as a, as a young boy. And um, I've gone all over the place in that journey. I've rebelled against the ways of God um, hmm. sometimes in, in small ways in my mind and sometimes in really big ways in my mind, but God has been faithful to me um, over the decades. Um, and so, yeah, man, I just, my mom, when I was seven years old, my mom and dad had like split up and I think she was just kind of desperate to get some help. And so she took me to church and that was kind of my first exposure to God and the people of God. Um, and I've just been fascinated with Jesus and the ways of Jesus ever since. I love it. Love to kind of hear just, you know, the beginnings of dad tired, why you started it and, and what you guys are up to today. Yeah, I, um, dad tired, like I said earlier, was, it was really not strategic. Um, I didn't plan on starting any ministry. I had no desire or, or plan to do that. Um, I had been in, served in the church, local church world for about 13 years and uh, as a pastor and um, had a really tough experience in the church and kind of was hurt by the church. I'd always heard people say that, like that they were hurt by the church. And that never made any sense to me. I didn't get how people got hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. Um, but I experienced that for the first time after being on staff for a long time and in the church world and I left hurt and, uh, that kind of spiraled me out, man. Cause I, I was actually, I got hired as a full-time pastor when I was 18, right out of high school. Wow. I started in ministry full-time. And so it was the first time in my life that I wasn't a pastor. I didn't have the title pastor next to my name. And I was, I just, I kind of tailspinned in my identity. Uh, I didn't know who I was or really what I was supposed to be doing. And, um, just had a crappy season, man. Honestly, like I, I think I was dealing with depression and, uh, I distanced myself from my wife and my kids. I was a really crappy husband and a dad. And, um, I, I just randomly, uh, wrote, I was kind of in this, the middle of this process or in the season where it really sucked. And, uh, my wife and I were fighting a lot. I was actually standing, I'm in my bedroom right now, actually, as we record this. And, uh, just feet away from me is where me and my wife were having an argument and, uh, we're in the middle of this argument and it's kind of getting heated. And my wife says, she starts to get tears in her eyes. And she says to me, um, Jared, I just want you to know that I've been waking up every day, uh, every morning at two 30 in the morning, I've quietly set my alarm and I get out of bed and I go into the living room and I just lay on my face and I pray to God. I beg God that he would draw your heart back to him. Hmm. And, uh, dude, wow. that sucked. Like wow. that was a, <laughs> uh, that was a low blow, you know, like yep. the God card, you know, I would, I always say I would have rather she cussed me out because yeah. I could have handled that better, but I didn't really know what to say to that. Um, but for whatever reason, God used that moment as, uh, was, as a way to draw my heart back to him. And, uh, so I, anyway, long story short, I happened to write a blog in the middle of that season. I didn't have a blog. I didn't, it's just pretty millennial thing for me to do. I just like wrote something try to process my feelings Mm -hmm. online. And, uh, so I just wrote and basically said like, Hey, I feel like I'm a crappy husband and dad, but I don't want to be. And I was just processing this online. And that blog ended up getting shared about a million and a half times. 
And um, again, I didn't have a blog or anything. I just kind of, it, was, mm. it just got shared on Facebook a, a ton. And that really launched that tired, man. Like wow. the, I had guys from all over the world say, I relate to this. I feel like I suck as a husband and dad, but I don't want to. Like we should hang out. <laughs> so we, I started a Facebook group of these guys that were reaching out to me. And that awesome. kind of turned into a podcast. And that is kind of where we got to this day. Oh, that's phenomenal. Was Elijah, was your first born Elijah, was he born yet? Yeah, he was young, okay. um, but yeah, he was born. I think, I think my daughter may have just been born as well. So, my, you, my, so you were in those yeah. early stages of being dad tired. Yeah, yeah. I had my son, and then I think my daughter was maybe a year, a year and a half old at that point. Oh man, that's a phenomenal story. Yeah. So you guys, you know, obviously you're dad tired, and what you guys are doing, you're all about equipping men to lead their families well, and um, you know what you're doing is needed. You know, what we are doing here at Men of Iron, uh, you know, we're doing the same thing, equipping men through, through mentorships is needed. Why? Obviously, you know, there's a big need for that in men's lives, you know, in the country and around the world. Why are Christian men not leading their families spiritually or not leading their families well? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the, uh, you can, if you figure that question out, like you'll probably be a really rich man, <laughs> although maybe not because the kingdom, you know, like uh -huh. we're, we're in the church world, but, um, yeah, that's a question. Like, I think everyone's trying to answer, but it, from what I've learned, um, is there's, I, th I think there's really two primary reasons. The first one is there are a lot of guys who just simply don't know how, um, we like, we didn't grow up with dads around the guys like me who didn't have a guy around teaching them what it looks like to lead spiritually. I wanted to be a really good husband and dad. That was my intention to be the best husband and dad. I wanted to be what I never had. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that was my goal. And then it turns out I, when I got into marriage, uh, I couldn't really fake it and I didn't know what I was doing and I had no reference point. So I just, I simply didn't know what to do. Um, so I think there's a lot of guys in that category. It's like, they want to be spiritual leaders. They want to step up and lead their family. Literally just don't know how. Then I think there's a whole separate group of guys who maybe have a better understanding of what that might look like to lead their family well, but they're actually paralyzed by their sin and shame. Hmm. And uh, they think, how could I possibly lead my family towards a God that I don't even feel close to? Yeah. Um, or how could I possibly lead my family towards a God that I feel maybe afraid of because I'm like, I'm kind of deeply in shame from my sin and my own crap that I'm dealing with. And so they, it's easier um, to not lead your family towards a God because you think if, if I lead them towards it, I might have to get close and that might expose some stuff in me hmm. that I don't know if I'm ready to deal with. So uh, I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than that, but those are two things that I've noticed in, in my experience. How do you see how do you see the big C church? How are they doing in equipping men? Yeah, I mean, I love the church. Uh, I have heart for the local church. I believe in God's design for to use the local church as a, as a means to redeem all things back to himself. Um, so I just want to like preface that yeah. and say that first. Um, but uh, I think, frankly, I think that we are inviting guys into a really boring story at our mm. churches. And here's what I mean by that. Like, um, I think men, especially, I think all humans, but I think men especially long for adventure. Hmm. Um, we want adrenaline rushes. We want to take risks. We want to feel a little bit scared and like to do something that's bigger than us um, or beyond us or a little bit scary. 
Um, most of the time dudes don't know where to like find that. We find that when we're young and like getting a license or dating a girl or marrying a girl or buying a house or getting a job. Like these are ways that we kind of thrill seek, uh, as we're growing up. But then we hit like our late twenties, early thirties, forties, fifties. And I think men are just like, they get bored. There's no, like what, what adventure do you go towards? Like build a retirement account and retire like that. Right. (laughs) That's not super exciting. You know, it's like, what just coast until you're like 60 something. Mm -hmm. And then maybe go on an adventure like on a cruise ship i don't know like it's it's kind of boring right so i think that uh i think that guys are just longing for adventure and because they're not finding it they look for it in really like dangerous places mm-hmm. like porn or they get addicted to stuff or they like try to find it and rooting for sports teams which i'm all about right like i love sports and stuff but i think we just look for it in affairs right like guys are looking for it in all kinds of different areas most of the time those areas are unhealthy some of the times there are healthy things that turn unhealthy because they're just too much, like overworking or over drinking or things like that, um, or too into a hobby and they neglect their family or whatever. So anyway, what I to get back to your question, how's the church doing? So I think we invite guys into adventure or into a story like, hey, we have the greatest news of all time. God's redeeming the world back to himself. Mm-hmm. He wants to use you to be part of that. Guys are like, all right, sweet. That sounds great. I'm in. Like, what do I need to do? And we're like, hey, can you set up the chairs? Or can you pass communion play? Mm-hmm. Or can you greet people on Sundays? Which all those things are needed. Yep. But frankly, if that's the adventure we're calling guys into, super boring, bro. Right. Like if we're if we're honest, like no guy is going to get like super excited to wake up on a Sunday morning because that's the adventure that he feels like is burning in his heart, and he's going to go look for adventure in other places. So I think what churches, what we need to be doing is inviting guys into grander stories to take bigger risks. Yep. Um. And, and to, to, to live on adventure for the kingdom of God is like a, a very scary and but also very exciting thing to do, which I think guys would actually get really excited about if we as church leaders would invite guys into it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and I think, you know, even for, you know, a lot of Christian men out there, that Sunday experience, you know, Monday through Sunday, that's the only experience necessarily they have of God for the whole week. You know, they leave church there and, and shut it all down and, and go into into work mode or whatever it may be. and and yeah, like you said, that that Sunday experience is is all they're seeing of God. And and if it's not, if there's not something more than just ushering or moving chairs, man, we're gonna lose a lot of men. Yep. And, well, we've lost a lot. We've of lost men. a and lot of men. Even even guys, most guys aren't showing up, and the guys that are, are like mentally checked out, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're not they're not stoked about being there. So yeah, that you're totally right. They just see it as a kind of a two hour Sunday morning experience that's taken away from their time to watch football or relaxed because they've been working hard all week and yep. so it's kind of a sacrifice but yeah i think you're right uh I, I mentioned i think this was before we went on air but i mentioned kind of your last podcast you um you filmed on saturday just you know i just thanked you for just being authentic and transparent in that and you talked about kind of you know <laughs> you're not perfect you're stumbling your way through this too um but just how if you could give kind of our listeners some some just practical practical tips of how Jared Lopes is, is leading his family today. Yeah. Um, so there's some like, there's some daily rhythms that I'm trying to incorporate um, stuff. That's just like built into my schedule. That doesn't take a bunch of time or necessarily effort that I think um, allows me to pursue the heart of my wife and kids. Um, so things like, uh, you know, one thing we've been doing, this is something my friend Jefferson Bethke talks about a lot, but, uh, we do like a breakfast benediction. So in the mornings, we'll uh, all, when we're eating breakfast, or I know a lot of guys are gone by breakfast, so even at night for dinner or whatever, you 
I say this benediction, um, and I just put it on my social media channel, so you can go grab it there. Awesome. Um, but uh, basically, I have my kids repeat this like benediction back to me at these meals, and that's just one way of like it takes thirty seconds to do that. But every single meal, it's a habit that we get into where I'm having my kids repeat truths about themselves and about God, and that's like super simple thing. Every dad can do it. It's already written out for you. You don't have to. Um, you don't have to. Uh, think through it or, or come up with something new every night. And yet it's one like small way that I know your kids and your wife would appreciate. Like, thank you for just in a very small way, pointing us back to Jesus. So yeah. that's like one thing like that. Um, every day I ask my wife, like, how's your heart? Um, and cause we, uh, we often ask as men, like, how was your day? Which mm. is a really complicated question for yeah. women most of the time. Um, so I just ask, how's her heart? And then she can kind of have the freedom to, to, uh, tell me what's going on in her heart. Um, I think practically for guys praying with their kids and with their wife is one of the most, what I found the thing, one of the most requested things that wives want their husbands to do for them and with them. Um, when it comes to spiritual leadership, like just pray with us. Hmm. Um, and I, I think for a lot of guys, it, um, when they think through praying with their wives, it, it's kind of an intimidating thing. It's a really yeah. vulnerable thing. Yep. Um, but I think that's it's one of the greatest ways you can serve your wife and kids. And what you're really doing is essentially pointing your kids to a better God. So instead of me saying, Daddy's going to work hard so I can provide for our family, I'm going to pray and say, hey, let's go to the better provider. Uh, let's go to the better forgiver. Let's go to the God who will actually provide for our needs. Let's go to the God who can forgive our sins. Let's go to the God who can change our hearts because Daddy can't. Daddy is not the hero of this family. God is the hero of this family. And when you pray often, you're actually pointing your kids back to the real hero. And so, and you point your wife back to the real hero, which is not you as the man, it's God. And so that's a really humble, easy way for you to be leading. Anyway, there's a, I think there's a bunch of little things, but those are a few things that I'm trying to do daily. Why do you think, why do you think it is so hard for men? I mean, cause it's something I struggle with too personally. Why is it so hard for men to just, I mean, it seems like a simple thing to pray with your wife or, or pray with your kids. Why is that such a hard thing for men to do? Uh, so <clears throat> I, I think um, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a man thing. Uh, I think that most of us Christians um, in general aren't praying a ton. And really the heart of all of that is our, our, the heart of our lack of prayer. Like if, we just, if we're being really honest with ourselves is we don't actually think we need God. Hmm. Um, and in many ways, uh, we've kind of convinced ourselves that we don't, right? Like, uh, you, for example, one, one time I was kayaking. Uh, with my friends, this was when I was in high school, and uh, I, I had board shorts on and flip flops on, and I was in an inflatable kayak, and we were just floating down the river, and uh, it, without knowing it, I found myself in the middle of white water. <laughs> I thought we were just like floating down the river, um, but it turns out we were like white water rafting all of a sudden, and I had no, I was definitely not prepared for it. I didn't have a life jacket on or anything, and so I ended up going over the small waterfall, and my kayak folded in half it flipped me out Jeez. and it it pushed me down like the waterfall pushed me down the pressure of it and i was banging up against the rocks i could feel like the branches and rocks hitting me from every side and it was the only time in my life where i've legitimately prayed for my life like god please don't let me die 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 like the reason i was praying so desperately was because i recognized i had i was desperately in need of jesus right hmm. um and when we're desperately in need of jesus we find ourselves praying and we don't have to like schedule it into our day 
right? We're not, I, I wasn't like, hey, I should probably figure out a time to pray. Like, no, I was just praying because I was desperate. And I think for most of us, we don't actually feel desperate. Um, like if I know that if I'm, if I'm in need, um, I can just work hard and I can kind of figure out a way to make finances, fix my problems or whatever. If there's a problem, I can put my problem solver hat on and solve it. But we often find ourselves praying when we're like super desperate, right? Like if our kids get sick, yep. how, how often are we praying, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. If we're in the middle of a, of a really hard thing or something that's beyond our control, all of a sudden we find ourselves praying. Yep. And so we, I think, I, I just think we don't pray because we're not really convinced that we actually need Jesus. Like that's the, that's the most honest way I can yeah. say it. Um, and so needing to get back to that place where it's like, no, man, uh, I'm not the provider of my family. I'm not the, I'm not the fixer of my family. I'm not the forgiver of my family. Like I need somebody greater than me. I need to come back to that realization that I am desperate for Jesus to show up um, every day. And when I get into that personal habit of personally praying, cause I recognize I'm desperate. Yep. Um, I'm going to start to point my kids back to the one that they need and make, make sure that they recognize that they're also desperate for Jesus. Yeah. That's so good. It, yeah. It just comes back to, to comfortable Christianity. We, yeah. uh, we get so kind of comfortable in our, in our cushy and, and I would pinpoint it to the country we live in our cushy American lives that, you know, the last thing we really need is God or so we think. Yep. Yep. Until, like you said, you know that you know your kid's sick or there's a crisis in your life, man. That's so good. But you go to Africa, bro. Like go to go to any other country that doesn't have the same economic structure as mm-hmm. we do. Like they're not scheduling prayer times. They're trying to be disciplined about yep. it. They're praying to God desperately every day. Yep. And it's just like normal part of life because they recognize if God doesn't show up, we're in a world of hurt. And I want that same desperation. Like if God doesn't show up today, I don't care how much money's in my bank account or. What, like what job I have or whatever title is on my business card. If God doesn't show up today, I'm in a world of hurt, not just financially, but on, all, on every level. That's the kind of desperation I want, yeah. you know? And, yeah, big and, time. And, then, and then I can go to my family and say the same. When my wife comes to me with something she's stressed about, I can say, babe, like you, you need Jesus. Like, let's go before God. Let me yeah. pray with you. Um, and, and kind of point her back to her need for Jesus and my kids, the same thing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think about uh, my salvation experience. I came to know Christ, and I grew up in the church, but never, never had that you know relationship with Jesus. But in 2009, I went on a missions trip to Liberia, Africa, and, mm. and and that's where I gave my life to Christ. And it was, it was that faith that was just you know of the Liberians, and that was just so astounding to me. It was like, yeah. I mean, here they are living in in huts and dirt floors, and don't know where their next meal is coming from, but their faith was just, I mean, could move mountains. Right. It was just phenomenal. Yep. Yep. Jared, this masculine masculinity issue, you know, it's nothing new. You know, men, men bent on taking instead of giving, um, you know, fixed on self-gratification. I mean, we read stories in the Bible of men like David who, you know, who succumbed to, to self-gratification, lust, sexual sin. Um, what, do you, what do you think it's going to take from, for Christian men to get it right, for us to kind of turn, turn the tide and change a culture? Yeah, well, um, a move of God, uh, um, I, not to be like over, like trite or simple, but uh, yeah, I don't know if any like church or ministry strategy is going to do anything outside of a move of God. But I do think that we need more gospel-centered teachers and leaders who are pointing men back to the good news of Jesus, mm. uh, churches who are discipling men, not just entertaining men, um, so things like that. But uh, I think, you know, things like what you guys are doing to mentorship, to actually get involved in another guy's life and, and to uh, 
and to walk alongside the kind of the Jesus model of discipleship. That that kind of stuff is is what it's going to take. But I always give the analogy of uh, I call it the saltwater analogy. So if you're stranded in the ocean and you're on a raft and you're dying of dehydration, you're so thirsty, and you're what sucks about that is you're surrounded by water, right? Like you're yeah. so thirsty and yet you're surrounded by water. Um, and so you've, you've gone a few days without anything to drink. And so even though you know that you shouldn't drink the water, uh, it starts to look really good to your parched mouth. And so you scoop your hands up a little bit of that ocean water and you take a drink. And for a second, you're satisfied. Like mm-hmm. for a second, you're like, that was a good idea. Uh, I'm glad I did that. That, yeah. that, that feels that cold water feels good. Um, but pretty quickly you realize, oh, crap, like that that wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. And, and even though you know that you still go back for a second time because that, that salt water actually made you more thirsty. And so you keep doing that. And if you do it long enough, you eventually die from drinking enough salt water. And I always say like, for us men, we all are convinced that something is going to satisfy our soul. We all are Mm -hmm. drinking salt water from something, whether it's overworking or looking at porn, or you have some kind of addiction that you're struggling with. Um, or whatever, even religion, like you're trying to be the super good church guy or disciplined church, like whatever it is that you are chasing after to satisfy your soul and to find identity and worth, eventually that will leave you wanting more. It will never satisfy you the way that you think it will satisfy you all. We don't have like sin issues. We all have heart issues. And that's really at the core of all of our hearts is we want something to satisfy our soul outside of Jesus. It's the very first thing that Adam and Eve dealt with and back in the garden, they wanted something other than God to satisfy their soul. And so uh, I think what it's going to take for men is for them to start to recognize like every other thing that they're chasing after, whether it's the corporate ladder or the hobbies or the bank account or the, the woman or whatever, like none of it's actually satisfying their soul the way Jesus can. And eventually you'll get to a spot where like, I need to come back to the thing that my heart's actually craving. And that's to be connected with their creator. So, hmm. um, yeah. Well, man, we love what you're doing over there with Dad Tired on the West Coast, man. You're just doing a phenomenal work. Um, it's reaching men and it's it's changing lives. So, man, just keep it up. Thanks, bro. I appreciate that. How can how can guys get connected? How can they learn more about Dad Tired, Dad Tired Conference, Facebook group, all of that good stuff? Yeah, so all of what we do is, uh, if you just look at dadtire.com, uh, we have our conferences on there. We've got, uh, I have a free devotional on there, so guys can immediately just download that. It's 10 practical ways to lead your family towards Jesus. Um, so that, I know we were talking about that earlier, that's free. They can just download that for free. We have some other devotionals on there, and we have a closed Facebook community where a lot of guys, we have about uh, just under 8,000 guys from around the world who are trying to point each other towards jesus so that's another way to get connected but probably just dadtired.com best way to get go go on with what we're doing awesome yeah i'm a part of the dad tired facebook group i, I don't know i probably joined a couple months ago but cool. it's a great it's a great community i mean it's it's great for just prayer and encouragement it's also i mean great for you know simple stuff say to, you know just like looking for a book or resources or anything yeah. like that man because there's such a you know large group of guys out there that can point you in the right direction yeah sweet man and the Dad Tired Podcast, they can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Yeah, everywhere, that anywhere where they like to listen and consume podcasts, it's it's on all the platforms. Awesome, man. And I highly recommend it. It is, it is one of my favorite podcasts, one of my go-to podcasts. I try to tell everybody and anybody I can about it. 
Oh, man. Thank you. That means a ton. Yeah. Seriously. So you can go to dadtired.com to find out more. You can find Jared on Instagram at Jared. That's J-E-R-R-A-D-L-O-P-E-S, Jared Lopes, or at dad.tired. Jared, it was an honor to have you all, man. We're so thankful for your time. Yeah, grateful to be here, man. Thank you again. All right, man. We'll see you. Man, thank you to Jared Lopes. What an awesome, awesome interview. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. For more info on the Men of Iron podcast, go to menofiron.org backslash MOI podcast. You can get all the links there for Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Hit subscribe. Leave us a review. Um, we're just thankful for your time um, listening and watching. Thank you to our sponsor, Bucks Lawn Care Service. That's it.